This is the Ops Authority Podcast, where my mission is to break down the backside of your business so you can take the right actions to grow and scale. Hey, I'm Natalie Gingrich, a small business operations expert, and I'm going to give you a front row seat to real solutions that will help you reach the vision that you have for your business, all while equipping you to put out those inevitable pesky fires and those fears that pop up. Listen in for strategies to grow your team, craft the systems and processes that you need for your business, and establish business foundations that you may have skipped over. I know you're ready to do really big things, so let's do it together. Hello, hello, friends. Welcome back to the Ops Authority Podcast. I am your host, Natalie Gingrich. We are all the way to episode number 107, and today is a real treat. We have a guest with us today, Miss Amanda Warfield. She's going to be here talking with us. We're just going to have a gentle conversation about the realities and the struggles of time management as a service provider. She herself has been in the space of service providing for a while, and she also has a podcast called Chasing Simple, which helps creative entrepreneurs to uncomplicate their life and their business. A little bit about Amanda before we dive in. She traded in her classroom lesson plans for speaking and educating creatives on sustainably enjoying their work-life balance. Her clients and students have gained back time, energy, and mental clarity. And I don't know a person who's listening to this podcast right now that would not long to have that problem solved for them. So we were so excited to have her come in and chat with us. Her mission is to help overwhelmed entrepreneurs take back their time and energy so that they can stop trying to fit it all in, stop feeling guilty for spending time for not being productive, and stop feeling worn out and defeated at the end of each day. If her nose isn't in a book, you can find Amanda enjoying her husband by slipping Disney into every conversation or forcing her cats to snuggle. You sound like an incredible person, and I am so excited to share you with our audience. Like we were talking a little bit before we hit the recording button, you know, we have this amazing community of directors of operations. And part of our jobs, Amanda, is to come into other people's businesses and to bring that peace that people are looking for. We never get into business thinking, man, how can I come in here, create this big mess, make it all complicated and feel like we have less time than when we started. In fact, most people who start businesses are looking for the relief in either financial time, et cetera. And when they realize they can't do that on their own, they bring in directors of operations or operators at any level to come in. And this is truly what they're looking for. Now we bring lots of skills and techniques and methods, but one of the base foundational things that entrepreneurs need is that time freedom. So that weight is shifted to us as the operator, whether you're a virtual assistant, whether you're an operations manager or director, it doesn't matter what the title is. For everyone who's listening to this podcast today, that is a responsibility that a lot of us have and we struggle with it ourselves. And so today, instead of talking to that creative entrepreneur, I'm gonna ask you to talk to that service provider who is just like me and you, who may have that responsibility of, of helping others, but at the same time, we have to help ourselves so that we can have that work-life balance so that when when we show up and are engaged with our client, we're ready to go. And so I hope that this is going, I know that this is going to be really enlightening and helpful. I'm really grateful that you have that teaching background to be able to, to dissect your method into something that is digestible for our, our entire community. So thank you so much for being here, Amanda. Oh my gosh, I'm so honored to be here and I'm so excited to talk about this because one of the biggest problems I see in the service industry is that we 
fill our schedule with clients so that we can make the money we want to make and support ourselves as business owners. But then we neglect our own businesses and all we're doing is caring for our clients. But if we're not caring for our own business at some point, we're not growing, we're staying stagnant and we're probably pretty stressed out. Yes. And, and this, I see this time and time again, and I would be lying if I didn't say that I had been in this exact same place. And you know what? I still, I can still slip into this at times. And so it's a, it's a discipline that we have to just come back. We do have to come back to over and over. And I find myself at different cycles. Hopefully if you're listening to this, you can follow along with this meme that is very, very clear in my, in my mind right now, but it's that visual of the roller coaster of entrepreneurship. And as service providers, you're not only building your business and trying to reach the goals that you have for yourself, but at the same time, you're doing that for other people. And so this is, again, it's something that we just, we have to zero in on and commit to improving all the time and making sure that when we do slip, like I just admitted that I do, we have these skills to come back to, to zero us in. And I've tried to do this by really looking at the values and why I got into business, because I know I have the skills to attain what I see, or at least getting closer to the work-life balance that I dreamt of. But man, it's so easy. And other people can pull us away from that over and over again. And so I'm grateful to have someone who's really built out something that can help us and other people to get back and really master, do the best that they can to master this time management. Before we dive into this, Amanda is someone who has, she basically pitched our podcast and she asked us if she could be here today. And so many of you ladies are here listening, trying to build your business, looking and working on visibility. I want to let you know that in her Outreach to me, it was independent. I want to tell you why you're here today because we get lots and lots of pitches. Yes, we get lots and lots of pitches. And I know the people that are listening today are are possibly pitching other podcasts too. But the reason I said yes to Amanda is, first of all, it's a topic that's really important to my people. We get lots of pitches that just don't make any sense for my audience. So I knew that she had done her research. She'd listened to a few episodes. She even brought that up in the pitch. She had customized what she was going to talk about to an audience that it was just a really fitting pitch. And at the same time, she gave us options. And that allowed me to see that she had done even more extensive research. I also love that she has a skill and a technique. It wasn't just like, let me come on and let me pitch all these things I have coming up or down in my pipeline for services and products. But she genuinely wanted to help our audience to understand how to time manage. Naturally, that's a perfect flow for people who get something out of this podcast to go look for her. When I asked her today, I said, hey, how'd you find our podcast? She said a Google search. And I just want to remind everyone that's listening to you guys today, we have put content out for six years. I've never done anything specifically to rank higher in Google. That's an opportunity we have here at the Ops Authority. But because we've been consistent, because we use keywords, because we have experts doing these things, when she went in to search, we popped up and here we are today. So thank you again, Amanda, for reaching out, for doing a really good pitch for us. And I look forward to everything that you're going to share with our audience today. Thanks again. Yeah, of course. That makes me so happy. And I will say for everyone listening, like the research is key. I actually quote unquote, cold pitch, a lot of podcasts. And I get a decent amount of yeses, one, because I'm not afraid of the no, but two, because I put the time in to do the research. Because frankly, like if you get on a podcast that you haven't done your research on, it might not even be a good fit. And then you've wasted your own time. And that's silly. So (laughs) 
And now we shift right on into time management. So that flows right here. So yeah, yes. Well, time is really what a lot of us are looking for. Like when I opened today, I, I shared that I know when I came into this, I was looking for time freedom. Of course, I wanted financial freedom and I wanted a ceiling that I could surpass or, or, or not even set a standard ceiling like you had in corporate. But I also was really, really longing for time freedom. I'm still in a place of looking for time freedom. I'm always looking for ways to optimize the time that I do have either with my family or sitting here and in the workspace. So talk to us a little bit about creating a schedule that does allow for balance. What are some pointers you have for us? So I've got four steps that I'm going to walk everyone through. But before I do that, I just want to say that a lot of times I hear people say, oh, just treat yourself as if you were the client and make space in your schedule that way or something along those lines. And here's why that doesn't work, because your clients, no matter how much you do for them, if you're director of operations, you might do a lot for them. No matter how much you do for your clients, you're still only doing one part of their business. And if you're a solopreneur, or even if you have a teammate or two, that's a whole lot more business than just whatever it is that you do for your clients. So if you're only setting aside enough space for one client and that client being yourself, that's not enough time. And that's how we end up leading into stress and overwhelm and then burnout. So I really don't love that advice. And I hear people talk about it all the time. Oh, just treat yourself as if you were the client and then you'll have enough room. There's not enough time for you to get your business moving and to keep moving that needle forward if you're just setting enough time aside for a client. Yes, that's such a great point. We have an episode number 87. If what she just shared resonated with you, I want you to go back and listen to that episode where we talk about how to plan your weekly schedule like a CEO, because that's what she's talking about. You can't say, you know what, I'm going to dedicate Tuesday from two to four o'clock to working on my business. We just have too many parts that need to get done. And that's just not enough time to make that happen. Yeah, absolutely. So the first thing I want you to do, I hope everyone has paper, pen, Google doc, whatever, ready to go. First thing I want you to do is I want you to write down every single task that you have on your plate as the CEO of your business. If you're a solopreneur, that means everything you've got to do to get your business done. I'm a solopreneur personally, so I get it. It's a lot. You have to wear a lot of hats. Write it all down. If you outsource some things, awesome, great. Write down all the other things you've got to get done, but you have to brain dump everything, every single thing that you have on your plate. A lot of times when I do this with clients or when I do this for myself, because I actually do this on a fairly regular basis seasonally, even because with every new season of life, you've got to have a new schedule. Whatever routines and schedules you create, they have an expiration date because when a new season of life comes along, they're not going to work for you. It just is the way it is. So I always recommend that you do this and then you give yourself a week or two to kind of think on it because inevitably there's going to be some other task that comes up and you're like, oh, I forgot about this one. Not the end of the world. You can always fit things in and you'll see what I mean in a minute, but brain dump it out. Give yourself some space for it to breathe. Then what you want to do is you want to group like with like. So take that whole list of things and start categorizing them. They don't have to be perfect. Like they don't have to be the exact same task, but you want to think what tasks are similar enough to put me in the same brain space because our brains, a little fun neuropsychology, our brains love repetitive tasks because when we are doing repetitive tasks, what it essentially does is it creates neural pathways and neural pathways make it so that you can get in the groove 
and stay in the groove. Basically, it helps you block out stimuli that's distracting and all this other really sciencey stuff. But when your brain's in the groove, it loves it. And you get things done much faster than if you're hopping around from one task to a totally different task to a totally different task. So you want to group things that are similar. For example, maybe you've got writing emails, responding to emails, researching things, like anything that's kind of admin related, not to put a name on it, but you can say anything that's admin related, maybe put all of those in one. Maybe you've got, okay, I want to make sure that I'm connecting with these people for this thing and these people for this and these people for this. Maybe those are all a category. However makes sense to your brain truly is really what matters. It doesn't have to be perfect, but group like with like. Then once you've got those groups, you can name them if you want to. That's totally fine. Once you've got those groups, I want you to pull out some kind of blank schedule. I know that I personally use Day Designer's Ideal Schedule Creator PDF, and I print it out. I love it. It's a free little download that they have. And Natalie, I could send the link over if you want to put that in the show notes because it's perfect and there's no need for me to make one, but I can send them that way. Write down when you are available to work. Here's the thing. I get asked so often, well, how do I know how long a task is going to take? And you don't, you just don't. There is zero way to know how long something's going to take because you could do the same task today and the same task tomorrow, but it could take you two totally different amounts of time because, you know, how well did you sleep the night before? What's going on in your personal life? What's happening? Is it gross outside and you feel sleepy? There are a million and one things that can interfere with how long something takes and something's going to take however long you give it. So instead of saying, how long should I set aside for this task? We're going to flip that on its head and say, how long do I have to work? How long do I have available for this set of tasks? And that's the time you have. So go in and shade in, put a sticker on in some way, Mark, when you are actually available to work during the week. Then you go in and you plop those categories into those work blocks. Here's the thing. As a service provider, you're probably thinking, okay, great, but I'm working with clients all day, every day. And how do I back up with that? Well, what I want you to do is I want you to go back to what your goals are and realistically say, okay, how many clients do I have to take on to meet this goal? And then look at that calendar that you've created and say, okay, it's not possible to take on those many clients in order to reach that goal. So maybe I need to raise my prices, reconfigure my packages so that I'm offering more in order to raise my prices. Something's got to give. Realistically, if you're spending more than, I would say two and a half days a week, but let's say three, if you're spending more than three days a week working on clients, you're not going to have enough time to do all the things you need to do for your business. It just, that is what it is. So how much time do you have? Let's say you put aside two full work days for client work. How much time is that in your workday? Go back and do that math. Let's say you're doing two four-hour work blocks a day. So you've got eight hours and eight hours. If you take clients, let's say you work on clients two hours at a time, which is for easy math. So that means you can take on eight clients a week. However long that works out within your client schedule and all of that, you have to figure that out for yourself but that's how many you can take on. So how do you take on that many with the time that you have in order to reach that goal? You've got to work with what you've got versus, 
okay, I have this arbitrary goal. This is what I need to make. Whatever reason it is that you set that goal, you've got to work with the time that you actually have. And your client work should not take up more than half of the time you have per week to actually get work done. I'm going to be really honest and share some lessons that I have learned because what you have shared so far, Amanda, is so, so true. I wish I would have heard it earlier or maybe I did hear it and I didn't want to believe it because I was so hungry to replace my corporate income. So what I was doing, which is not advised everybody, but if you're listening to this and you're feeling like, wow, what she says, yes, I understand it. And it makes total sense, but I'm really feeling that there's no way I can do that because I can't give up X amount of dollars. Well, that's where I was. And the downside of this, remember I left corporate so that I could come home, be with my kids, be a better version of the mother that I envisioned, be able to spend more time with them and obviously not have a ceiling. Those were the goals that I had for myself. And I was doing the exact opposite. All of the patterns that I was creating for myself were doing nothing in that same direction. Her first advice was, what are your goals? Figure out what your goals are. That's what I avoided. What I was shooting for was the same thing that that old corporate Natalie was looking for, which was dollars, which was looking for you know as much as I could possibly do. And here's how that looked. I kind of did some of this. Like I was like, oh, what hours do I want to work? It's my business. I can design any schedule I want. And so I would create this like nine to three. I created the nine to three, but I chalked that full of clients. And so many of you guys know, and I do not advise this, but I had 10 to 11 clients for many, many years. That's way too many clients for the level of work that I was doing. But I was, I said I was working. I said that my working hours were from nine to three. There's a whole other part of this that I was doing and delivering that was outside of client work. I still was working on my own intellectual property, my own systems, my own processes. And guess when those took place? I was working on all of that stuff, nights and weekends, which found me again doing exactly what I left corporate for. And at that point, I was working from eight in the morning. I was frustrated with my kids because they got out of school. I had to stop my day and go get them because all I could do was put myself back in that rat race of all the things I needed to get completed before I woke up the next day or before that week was over. And I extended my work days essentially from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m., which was a pattern that I had gotten familiar and comfortable with because of just the patterning that, that we did in corporate. Now, I, of course, don't want anyone to be in that. Neither does Amanda. She's given us four really, really solid tips in how to stop it because I know you and I know me. We're all high achievers. We want to perform really, really well for our clients. We want our businesses to grow. We don't want an income ceiling. We have greater aspirations. All of those things can be met without working from nine to nine. That's a pattern we have to stop And I'm really appreciative of your formula that you just laid out for us. As you guys know, I know you're all loyal listeners here at the Ops Authority. We have an ops activity with every single podcast. Amanda's not done talking to us today, but I just wanted to stop us because I ask you to take action on every single podcast because we're not here to waste your time. We're here to help you to make sure that your business goes smoother and grows more quickly. After listening to what she said, I, I took a few notes and The ops activity that I have for you for episode number 107 is to do this exercise that she just shared. But what I want you to share inside of the Ops Insiders Facebook group, how many clients does your schedule allow for? 
Our schedules are arbitrary. You get to make your own schedule. Full-time for Amanda, maybe 15 hours a week. Full-time for me, maybe 40 hours a week. And that ebbs and flows through the different seasons that I'm going through. Right now, as we're recording this, we're in the summer of 2021. If you guys have been following my journey, my son is, you know, he's a really high-level athlete. So we're traveling all over the US this summer. My number of available hours to work is condensed in the summer. It's going to be this way for the next three years, maybe, maybe longer if my daughter follows a similar path. But my work schedule in the summer has to change. And if I tried to deliver and do the same type of work that I was doing in February, March, and April, man, would I not be, I mean, I would be completely out of alignment and not living the life that I want because the pressure of time would be really oppressive to me. So take a look at this, do the work that she's just asked you to do, and then come on over to theopsinsiders.com. That's gonna take you to our private Facebook group. Your ops activity is to tell us how many clients does your schedule allow for? The guidance that she just gave us is we really should be only be spending half of our available time in client work. Create that pattern, create the schedule so that it can become a pattern and then reverse engineer how many clients you can take on. Of course, like she said, it's gonna depend on the level of operations that you're providing, the level of support, what the scope of work looks like, but be aware of what it is. I hear about scope creep all the time. Hey, I signed up for this and all of a sudden it's turned into this massive thing. Well, if you know the amount of time that you have available, you will fit it into that. Or you'll be bold enough to have a recalibration conversation to say, hey, I estimated it was gonna take this and now we've got to repackage this because you know and you're very clear on how much time you have available. So half of your week spent on client work, right, Amanda? The other half spent on your business and in establishing processes, probably working on the marketing stuff, creating some of those types of assets, correct? Yes, absolutely. And one of the most common things that creeps up on us as entrepreneurs is that marketing. It is so common for us to get on that content creation hamster wheel. And we feel like, okay, we got to push this out. We got to push this out. We got to push this out. And then we end up with burnout. I know you've, I'm sure you've heard of pod fade where people just get overwhelmed with their podcast or YouTube or blog or whatever that they can't keep up with it. That's something you need a system around so that you have that space. But if you can keep your client work to half of your time or less, you're going to have time to work on the administrative behind the scenes, to work on the marketing, to work on visibility and reach and networking, to work on all these other things that are going to truly move the needle for your business because clients, they're going to bring in the income and the money, but they're not actually moving the needle in your business. It's not They're not helping you grow. There are all these other tasks that you have to do in order to truly grow your business. One of the other struggles when it comes to time management is around how many clients, like how do we do this and not burn ourselves out? How have you been able to navigate this and what advice would you have for our listeners? So I went to my schedule and I did these four steps, brain dump, grouping like with like, getting clear on your time and then plug and chug essentially. I did that and I said, okay, I'm only going to take clients on Monday afternoons. And I, when I work with clients, I'm working for, well, now it's more like two hours, but originally it was an hour at a time. Now my package has moved to two hours. So I knew I could take on, if there is a four hour work block on Monday afternoons, I could take on four clients at a weekly basis. So if 
If their contract said that we were going to work meet once a week, I knew that I could only take on four clients at a time for however long that contract was. So I got really clear on this is the time I'm setting aside for clients. This is what my current package looks like. And this is how many I can take on based on that package. And then from there, it was, okay, does that get me to the goal I'm trying to get to? And then it was, okay, do expectations meet reality? And that's a big thing. I know you were just talking about starting your business, making all these clients because you wanted to meet that certain corporate wage, right? For so many of us, I think we expect our businesses to grow a lot faster than realistically possible because I know that I had very similar feelings like I've got to make it. I've got to replace my salary immediately, blah, 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 blah. And that pressure that I was putting on myself caused a lot of strain in my marriage because my husband was like, I was always stressed and my husband was like, growth. As long as we see growth, we're good. And honestly, his mindset, when I finally was able to adopt that, I'm so much less stressed out about my business. And I'm taking summer hours this summer because again, it's July as we're recording this just because I want to. So I'm only working like 15 hours a week just because I want to. Am I making six figures, seven figures? No. But am I making enough to get by and to enjoy my summer and my time? Yes. And I think that right there is a huge thing. Like, what are your goals? But also, are your goals realistic or are they just going to stress you out? And I think that's something that's not talked about enough. And I'm certainly not a goals expert, but something that's not talked about enough in our industry because we just see this six figure, six figure, six figure, make it to six figure years, make it to seven figure years all over the place in this online business space. And it takes years to get to that point. And that's not talked about enough. And I know this is a little bit of a tangent. And honestly, it's not a requirement for so many people. I have a podcast. I don't know the exact number, but I have a podcast where we talked about like this ominous six-figure number. It's it's just irritating that people put that out there as, well, you know, you've reached success when you're a six-figure entrepreneur. No. If you think about my goals when I left corporate, you know, yes, there was a piece of that to be able to replace my corporate salary. But the most important reason why I walked away from something that was relatively comfortable, yes, stressful, but comfortable and less risky was because I wanted to be present with my kids. I wanted to be present when they were out of school, whenever school was over and in the summers. Those are the critical pieces of that puzzle. And when I was in that cycle, before my business was really established, reaching six figures felt like a defeat. It felt like I would never get there. Something else I want to talk about here is the pricing of packages. That's not exactly why I have Amanda here today, but we brought it up several times. And I think it's a natural question that you're probably asking yourself, especially when we talk about how many clients it is that you can take on. She mentioned this, but I want to call it out. I want to make sure you hear this. And this is the exact same wisdom that I would share with you. Start at your financial needs. Even before we do this time tracking and creating these buckets that Amanda has advised us of, what are your financial needs? What is it that you need to bring into your family? I think so many times we start this, and I see this in our own communities right now. We have a couple gals who are putting together some new packages and they're saying, oh, how much should I charge? Should I charge, you know, 750, 1,000, 10,000? What should I charge? And it's like, no, what is it that you, what is it that Amanda needs? What is it that Natalie needs right now to bring into her family? What is your good, better, best? We've got plenty of episodes here on the Ops Authority podcast talking about setting your good, better, best and financial goals. I want you to start with that and overlay your financial expectations of yourself, at least at that good level, on top of this plan that Amanda is talking about. If you want to make 
$10,000 a month and you can work five hours a week. I mean, this is very hyperbolic, (laughs) but if you can work five hours a week, that means you can take on one client. Is it possible for you in two and a half hours a week to bring in $10,000 a month? The answer is probably no. I'm not saying it's impossible. It's certainly not that probable though. And is it realistic? That's a great, great thing. Ask yourself, is your financial expectation of yourself fitting to the time that you have available? And then reverse engineer your packages, your deliverables around that. You can also start looking at the different types of business models. Amanda, as you're talking, it sounds like you work with your clients once a week. And a lot of our directors of operations or even operations managers, coordinators, virtual assistants, we're touching base with our clients multiple times a week, if not every single day. Can you tell us and give us some tips on how to do that? Because really there are some of the gals that are in our community who are working more in a consulting capacity, but a lot of us really love that retainer work. And that requires us to show up once, maybe every single day, maybe it's a couple times a week, but what is your wisdom around that? Yeah. So let's say just for the sake of the example, you've got to work with your clients every single day, Monday through Friday. You've got morning work block, afternoon work block, Monday through Friday. And you know that you are most productive in the mornings. So you give your best self to your own business in your morning work blocks. You use these categories that you've created with these four steps. Your afternoon work blocks are all for client work. And so that's half and half. You've got time for your business, time for yourself, and you're using your energy to your advantage when you're setting this up. Ladies, listen to that. That is the biggest gem I have heard so far. It is so natural for us as service providers, as high achievers, to want to take care of everybody else. It's the way you're wired. And you know what? Goodness gracious, we are so grateful. I am. I know I'm grateful for having that gift, but it can actually backfire on us. When we put everyone's business in front of ours, all of our clients' businesses in front of ours, who wins? The client wins and and we want them to win. We certainly don't want to hold them back, but no one's going to take care of your growth in your business, but you. She said this earlier, your clients are not here to help your business, right? You're You're here to help their business. It's going to be up to you to dedicate time, to clean that up, to save space so that you can serve yourself first. What a concept, something we all probably have to get better at working and developing really strong patterns around. Because I know when I was doing client work on a daily basis, the very first thing I would do is wake up and dive into their email. And it's like, wait, I haven't even checked my email and it's two o'clock in the afternoon. So thank you for for sharing that. Can I just, don't check your email first thing. Just don't do it. Just (laughs) just please don't do it because that is the easiest place to lose time Mm -hmm. is inside of the email inbox. Obviously, when you're in a client's inbox, you've got to be in at certain times, but set aside, especially for your own inbox, 30 minutes a day, and that's it. Work from the oldest in the inbox up, and then once that time's up, you wait until the next day. Please don't stay in your inbox all day long. It's such a time waster. It it just, it breaks my heart to see people in their inboxes all day long. The emails can wait a couple of days. They really can. Yeah. And set that expectation with your client too, because rationally, when you have that conversation, it's like, yes, it can wait, but just set that expectation. I know I've had to do that in many client relationships where I'm like, Hey, we're going to work on this, or I'm going to, I'm going to be in here at eight, 12 and four o'clock before I leave for the day or eight and four, whatever it looks like for you. But you're right. It's a trap and man, it can suck a lot of, a lot of really good creative time. And for us as 
people who enjoy getting things done, it feels busy. And so we read that as being productive when in fact it's not. Yes. It's that easy. Oh, I, I was able to move this email from the inbox into the folder. I was able to respond and delete this. Like it's an easy, I checked something off of the to-do list, but it's not moving the needle for you at all. Really? That's why those categories are really helpful. I was really envisioning myself as you were talking about them, kind of the categories that I have in my business. And when I'm in between emails and working on a, like doing some project management in my own business, or I am preparing for a podcast, like those are very different parts of my brain. And if I put those all in one grouping of an hour, I'm not going to use my time the best. I'm not going to be at my best when I'm going through that. So I I really like the idea of grouping these together. As we wrap up today, Amanda, is there any other thoughts that you want to share with our group when it, as it pertains to time management? We briefly touched on this, but just the idea of using your energy to your best advantage is something I do with all of my clients. When we are creating their ideal schedule, very much one of the biggest questions is when are you most productive during the week? So are you someone who like, for me personally, Monday morning, I am on. Friday, I'm done. I am absolutely worthless come <laughs> Friday morning. Like I, that's not for me. So when I plan out my personal ideal schedule, I know that I need to put the categories that are going to be the, the most brain power consuming. Those have to go at the beginning of the week. And then by the end of the week, that's when I'm doing education and I'm learning from others and I'm planning That's towards the end of the week because my energy is lower. Same thing for during the day. This is what we mentioned earlier. Are you more productive at the beginning of the day? Are you someone who's more productive towards the middle of the day? Are you more productive in the evening? Earlier, we touched on the idea of you're the CEO. You can create your own schedule. If you're a night owl, embrace it. I am so tired of hearing people say, got to get up at 5 a.m. and eat that frog in order to be your most productive self. No, you really don't. What is your energy? You know your body best and you know yourself best. If you're a 5 a.m. person, get up and work at 5 a.m. That's great. But if you know that you're a night owl, sleep in later if you can and work at night. Work with your energy levels though and that's gonna make you the most efficient that you can be and get more done more quickly so that you're moving that needle, but you also have time for your clients and you're showing up for them as well. Yeah, that's that's so, so big for me. I, I had tried, just as you described, I would see all these things about all these morning schedules and yes, I read them and I'm like, goodness, that's so awesome. I remember reading The Miracle Morning many years ago by Hal Elrod and thinking, this is ideal. Like, what if I got up and did all these things? And yeah, that requires me to wake up at 4.30 in the morning. And friends, if I'm not getting on a plane to go somewhere, I'm not getting up before the sixes. Like, I actually don't even like getting up in the sixes. <laughs> so... Really, if I have to get my kids someplace or if I'm getting on a plane, that's the only time I'm really getting up early. My natural, if you look at your circadian rhythms and just the way that your biorhythmic body works, I know we're getting really sciencey today, but if I look at mine, I am like a 9 a.m.er. I don't mind working at six in the afternoon. My peak work time, like the time I'm really excited. The reason I don't record podcasts between eight and 10 in the morning is because I am a sleepyhead. My brain is not on yet. I like enjoying getting ready in the morning, taking a walk. I like doing those things in the morning because they're mindless for me. Now in the afternoon, 
I start peaking like two to five o'clock, I remember being in the office back in corporate and like a lot of people around me were like powering down from two to five o'clock. And from two to five for me, I was like, man, this is the time when I'm the most creative, the most strategic. This is when I really, really thrive. And even into like six and 7 PM, but you know, today, because my kids have schedules and they dictate really when I have that time. But if I'm left to my own, I'm really, truly like two to seven is when I thrive. And that's not me. After lunch, I'm (laughs) worthless. I always have an admin hour built in the hour right after lunch because I have to ease back into work. I'm going to work in the afternoon because I am that 5 a.m. Like, wow, I'm going to love 5 a.m. every morning and it's great. But (laughs) that's not realistic for every person. And if you're trying to force yourself to work, oh, I'm going to sit down at 8 a.m. and start working even though you're not awake yet. Like, you're not getting anything done because you're groggy and it's just a waste of your time. Mm-hmm. Yes. We have several, a lot of the key players on our team are very much morning people. <laughs> so it's, they're always like, oh, they don't prefer to take late meetings because they're already powering down. And so the early morning is a really good time for us to all get together because they're at their peak and they're leading the majority of the meeting. They're looking for decisions and whatnot from me. So it works out. Well, Miss Amanda, this has been very, very helpful. I, again, want to reiterate your ops activity. All of you listeners that are hanging out with us today, your ops activity is to look at that schedule, do the work that she's asked you to, and tell us how many clients does your schedule allow for? All of us have different packages, so I'm not asking you to tell us about that, but just let's get real with yourself. Let's use this information to assess and reassess, redefine how many clients you really have time for. And if you need to do some course correction, hopefully this exercise helps you to become more clear in where you need to remove or even add. Maybe it is that you have some extra time and you need to work on some marketing and some visibility to be able to add some clients to your schedule. So Amanda, thank you so much for being here today. You're such a delight and very, very helpful for all of us service providers who are honestly, always going to be on that hamster wheel of trying to get this right. It's something that we long to get right. And um, these tips are really helpful. If these gals are listening to you and are like, oh my goodness, I need someone who can help me with this. Can you share a little bit about your services and where they can find you? Yeah. So first, it has been such an honor to be here today. I am just so thankful to be here. And I hope that this this activity is going to be really helpful. I just want to reiterate those four steps one more time for everyone, if that's okay. So the first thing is to brain dump, write down everything you've got on your plate that you do in your business. The second thing is to group those, categorize them. The third is to get really clear on what time you have to work and remember to work with your energy levels there. And then the fourth thing is literally to just plug and chug, take those categories and pop them into those time blocks that you have available to work. And hopefully that will help you figure out how much time you have, be able to compare that to that big goal that you have for your revenue and see where you may need to bridge the gap. And then, yeah, if anyone wants to ask me follow-up questions, they want to find me, best place is probably Instagram. I'm at Mrs. Amanda Warfield. I love hanging out over there and I really enjoy stories and just getting to connect with everyone over there. So my main service right now is actually, it's a marketing plan. I help my clients plan out their year in business, deciding when they're going to do different launches and things like that, and just get really clear on their marketing plan. So that's what I'm doing one-to-one with clients currently. 
Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. I know that this has been helpful for me. It's a great reminder for me. And I love it when anybody creates a system and is able to help someone get to that success a lot faster. So thank you so much for hanging out with us today. And ladies, we will be back next week with episode number 108. Thank you for investing just a little bit of time to listen to this episode of the Ops Authority Podcast. I am so grateful to be surrounded by real action takers like you who are invested in growing their business through operations. Will you add one more action to your to-do list today? Visit theopsauthoritypodcast.com where you can join our community of business owners and other ops experts. You're going to hear from me in a week, but in the meantime, do big things on the backside of your business.